You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 27 of Leaf Sky. Jim Taddy with you. Thank you to our PA announcer, Mike Ross, and of course, the voice of Scotiabank Arena, home of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Coming up in our broadcast today, two guests, Bill Waters, former Leafs assistant general manager in his normal spot, and Terry Kosha from the Toronto Sun. Going over, of course, the trade deadline. We've got extensive conversation on what the Leafs did at the deadline, acquiring six, losing one, and swapping out six draft picks. So really, over the next two years, as we stand right now, the Leafs out of 14 picks only have six, but I'm not too worried about that. We'll get into that later on. First, let me tell you that basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. So, Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using the code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your team, standard salary cap, see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with a DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on the season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players, so... What are you waiting for? Head to the app now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here is the call to action. Download the DraftKings app now. Use the code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. The code is THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Okay, let's get into the hockey story. So uh, the Leafs sputtering, if you will, uh, by their standard. I mean, they were 8-0-1. They went to 9-0-1, then lost in Montreal in regulation and lost the other night, Tuesday night, to Calgary in an overtime loss. So if you're sputtering, you beat Ottawa 6-5, you lose to Montreal in regulation, and you lose to Calgary in overtime. So 1-1-1 is the Leafs' version of sputtering after just a marvelous 8-0-1 run. So, that I mean, that's pretty good stuff. I didn't like the way they played, but, you know, they were due for a letdown, and I'm not really concerned about it. Uh, love what they did at the trade deadline, bringing those six guys in. They're nice fits, uh, certainly the four of them. The other two are spare parts, all due respect, but, uh, you know, good depth. And, and so I don't know where this, this goes in terms of the least playoff run, but I'm pretty confident it at least gets to the third round, and I would not be shocked, surprised, or even stunned if they got into the Stanley Cup final. This team is really good good when it's healthy and that's going to be one of the keys so let's get our first conversation in bill waters former assistant general manager of the toronto maple leafs so let's just talk about the games first uh, and then we'll dive into the trade deadline but i mean really the last three games have have not been leaf-like for me six five win over ottawa sloppy the four two loss in montreal I uh, just yeah. didn't really show up till they were too late and, and 3-2 against Calgary. It, I don't know. They were, they were sort of uh, sporadic, weren't they? Very sporadic. Yeah. And, and, you know, when they grab a lead, although they, you know, they didn't have 
uh, the lead for that long, but certainly they they were jamming up center ice with the Leafs quite uh, comfortably. That's a that's a Sutter stunt. So you got to you got to play through that. Somebody's going to do it to you in the playoffs. Yeah, and I noticed that when the Leafs got in the offensive zone, it was like a one on three or a one on two. They were, I mean, the, the Flames really played well in their own zone, didn't they? Yes, they did. Well, I mean, you you look at the Leafs. If you want to play, uh, if you want to open it up, you're done. You've only got the one option. You have to play it tight, and uh, you can't match their offense. And if you give them the opportunity, they're going to beat you by five or six. Okay, let's get into the trade deadline. They they actually bring in six players. They move out six picks and and move out one player. What did you think of all that? Well, I think at the end of the day, there's one thing you can say about it. Kyle Dubas did his very best to provide Leaf fans and the Leaf players with a chance to win. And you can't ask anything more from your general manager than that. I've all, I've not been critical, but I've been very uh, conservative in any praise that uh, I had for Dubas in looking at his acquisitions from a trade standpoint. He had a great summer uh, with the free agent situation, particularly in tightening up his defense, and that made, has made the Leafs a different team. Uh, he knew that they needed physical strength, physical presence, uh, whether it be uh, when you have to put the hammer down or whether just playing the five-on-five. Five. And he went out and got that. And then with this, he put together a package of players that he thinks can help, and most people agree. So he's done his best, and now it's up to the coach and the players. And uh, I, you and I talked about the possibility of getting Nick Felino, and I think he was – the key player among all players that were available to get for the situation the Leafs needed. They've got an abundance of talent. They don't have an abundance of leadership, and this guy has it by the bucketful. Uh, their goaltending situation, uh, although working out fairly well, is still somewhat questionable because of Anderson and what what's he got. I mean, what is he finished for the year? But that must have gone through his mind. He got one of those. So he got himself a defenseman. And uh, he got Riley Nash, who, when healthy, can be as good a third or fourth-line centerman as you can get, outstanding on faceoffs. All of that is going to be a consideration and a presence when the time comes to play uh, the postseason. So uh, I commend Kyle Dubas and his staff. Uh, and a big part of his staff, of course, is the guy that controls the salary cap. And I'm trying to think of his name, Brendan, somebody. Uh, pr- anyway, pr- yeah, he, they, they, they're very professional. I think that's the best way to say it. And you can't say that too often uh, in a situation like they've had for the past nine years. Yeah, the the salary cap business is a little complicated, but they did a masterful job there and have left themselves some leeway. And, of course, all that changes when Freddie comes back, which is the big mystery. But having said that, Riddick played last night and looked good, and uh, they have extraordinary depth and goal now, in my opinion. And uh, adding Hutton on the blue line is key just because I just, you know, they've they've rolled those six guys for so long that you just wouldn't want to see 
what would happen if there was, uh, in case of an injury, that, that might be a, a bit of a stretch, and they couldn't afford to do that. So I, I really like that move, and the, the Felino move is superb. It's top end. I, I mean, they, they really did a nice job. I have to agree with you. I, I like that quite a bit, and I don't mind the draft picks. Do you? No, not at all. No, I, I'm comfortable with that, and they, they've shown that they, they've they been able to, uh, you know, cover for drafts, whether it's a first and it was. You you knew you had to give up something substantial for Felino, so there's no sense of considering him if you weren't willing to pay. And that obviously was settled three weeks ago when we first heard about it, yeah. and Felino's name popped up. And I, I'm sure all of those things were just waiting to be put on the table. They were not going to... Uh, play with other people and try and make Felino uh, a, uh, a sales piece. He was a captain of a team. They asked him where he'd like to go. He told them, and they delivered. And I think they knew that Toronto would be one of his top choices. So I, I just think the whole situation was handled, uh, as, as the term that I used, and I won't use it anymore, but it was handled very professionally from Dubas right through the salary cap and all of the things that they did uh, to make sure that they had room and it didn't affect any of their bargaining when it came to the trades. And uh, even to the point where uh, they got a, you know, four, five, six guy in Hutton from uh, Anaheim and uh, he was, he played well in Vancouver in that role. And uh, I'm sure he will in, if that role uh, develops, in, in Toronto during the playoffs. So they've covered every possibility uh, other than some guy to carry the cup. Yeah, well, and, and actually it, it's kind of interesting because when you look at how they went about this, it's almost like they're defend, they are the defending champions because they had these specific roles to, to sort of fill and they did. Then you understand that next year is going to be different. People are going to be gone because people other people have to be re-signed. So this is like loading up for... Uh, to repeat as a champion, although they haven't won yet. In fact, they haven't even gotten out of the first round, but that's where they are. Yes. And, well, and you know what? I think they've learned that those who uh, don't give it a shot are taking something away from their fan base. And in the case of the Leafs fan base, it's a very loyal one, mainly because of the size of the city and the brand value of the, the Maple Leafs in Metro Toronto but they deserve what they got from Kyle Dubas this past trade deadline. No nickel and diamond. We'll make the deals that we think can help us win and go from there. And uh, that's what they've done. I, I, I admire the way they did it, and uh, I admire the way uh, in doing it that they showed their fans and their players that they think this group can win. How far can they win? Well, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, and if they go deep, you know, obviously some people have to move on, but but maybe and I don't know if you expect Spetzer or Thornton to come back, but maybe that's maybe that's a role for Felino going forward at a, at a lower stipend, and then some of the people that uh, that are sort of in fringe roles now will come back. It's I mean it's hard to say. Not that anybody cares about what happens next year now, but this is a roll of the dice, and, and I think it's the right timing, which is which is more important I think than anything else is you have to know when to do that, don't you? Yeah, and you have to get there to do that. You have to get yourself into the position that the Leafs were in at this particular trade deadline. They were in the, you know, at the top of their division. They had every reason to think that they had a good chance of winning their division. They think they can win two rounds. So might as well make sure that we're covered. And 
they're covered except for catastrophic damage to the, the defense. And, and I, you and I have talked to this before. Pat Quinn was always a proponent. You need nine defensemen to go deep into the playoffs. Willie, we better start, you know, start accumulating them. And uh, they've got eight and eight or nine. They're 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 near their uh, their total, and they play a game that is not as physical as a lot of teams. And speed has has replaced that. But that group of six defensemen that they've gone with, with a few minor exceptions, has has been exceptional. I didn't think they could tighten up that aspect of their game as well as they have. And so they're hoping for no injuries. If they get some, they got one guy uh, in Hutton that can uh, help them. I got to say, Bill, in our game coverage, I don't think we've talked about that defense once all year, which is quite uh, it's an outlier in the past. That's all we used to talk about. But now it's, uh, it's a, a free zone. that They just play so well that there's nothing to worry about. Yeah, they, they they go to work and they do their job. You're right, Jim. There's not not a lot of turnovers, no fancy no no fancy uh, double spins in the defensive zone. They just go move the puck to the forwards and let them go. And that's what you should do when you've got a, a, a group of forwards like they have. Get them the puck and let them do their stuff. One final thought. You know, everybody says this about the Leafs. So what happens when they get out of their division? But I think. You can almost apply that to everybody else because everybody else has the same problem. You're playing only in your division. Uh, you can think you know what the other team is capable of, but you've never played them. So it's going to be kind of open season once you get to the final four, isn't it? Yeah, well, you look at any playoff, Jim, there's going to be attrition from injury. There's going to be attrition from exhaustion. There's going to be a lot of changes, maybe more significant in some teams than others, but you don't know who you're going to meet when they uh, put the groups together uh, for, uh, you know, their, uh, their, their listing of how many points you got during the regular season so they can team them up. But I don't think you should worry about that now. You get there and you do the job and see what happens. There's always going to be an opponent unless you reach the goal you wanted and the only opponent at the end of that night is you getting home because they would deserve. And and I think, quite frankly, if there's no attrition and no exhaustion, then you can go by the the order of finish and say, there they are. Colorado should win. Well, Colorado should have won last year, too. They didn't. Their goaltending wasn't what they wanted, and uh, they they seem to think it is now. So they may have filled that hole, but... Uh, I know that you're a team that makes the Stanley Cup final against the Colorado Avalanche isn't going to say that. And they're going to go in uh, to their home building the first night and try and beat them. And the whole series turns upside down. So there are so many possibilities of upset, injury, and whatever. And what I was saying earlier is Dubas has done the very best he could to prepare his team for most of the possibilities of uh, injury or exhaustion, and the coach is going to have to use his lineup accordingly and have them ready to play every game in the postseason because because they will all be like what we saw last night against Calgary. Calgary's not even going to make the playoffs. 
They, they controlled the Leafs. For, didn't control them, but they controlled the Leafs game. You can't play wide open hockey with the Leafs, otherwise they'll beat up on you. So you're going to have to expect as a Leaf fan there, for there to be very tight center ice locks, left wing locks, anything that slows down uh, the speed through the neutral zone because that's what the Leafs feature. That's their marquee. And if you let them do it, they're going to they're gonna do you. Well, I guess the old line, and it's always been true, is uh, what does it take to win the Stanley Cup? The answer has always been everything. Yeah. And the other thing, Jim, and, and we, we're not losing sight of it, uh, Bill Ranford, who was a client of mine when I was an agent, the goaltending coach for the Los Angeles Kings, he ran into a mutual friend of yours and mine somewhere, and he said, uh, hey, how's uh, Soupy doing? Oh, he's okay. Billy talked to him for a bit. He said, one thing I don't want you to miss, he will be your number one goaltender before the season is over. Now, I would never have heard that. I wouldn't have said it. But Bill Ranford is apparently one of the best goaltending instructors in the National Hockey League, goaltending coach, whatever you want to call him. And for him to be aggressive about going to a guy from Toronto and telling him means he's telling his friend something that a lot of people don't know. And, I mean, what, 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 what can you say after the guy who wins 10, 11 games in a row? You yeah. tell Billy Ranford he doesn't know what he's talking about? And, and I really think that the, the organization feels that he's their guy. They're going with him. Well, you know, and, if you go back to when he was a junior, I mean, he, he played in the uh, the World Juniors. He was highly rated. I remember his performance, and it just didn't happen as a pro. No, and well, he was talking, they had an article in The Athletic, you could look up, I haven't seen it, but he was in Dallas for four years, he never got a game, and he was picked 11th overall. Now there was a change in management probably in that time. Then he was moved to L.A. They said after the first training camp, you're going to the minor leagues, and he thought he'd had a camp that deserved more than that. He was introduced to a goaltending instructor. I think his last name is Emo. He's not the most well-known, but he's from the West Coast up around Vancouver. And he went up and spent a week with him. He's never been the same since. So something happened. Somebody got his game in order or somebody got his psyche in order and said, hey, you're far from finished. And, I mean, I, I, I based my evaluation on what I saw at the end of, uh, you know, whenever he got here, I amused, we didn't see much, and his record. And when you're picked number 11 in the draft as a goaltender, you're picked to go in in year two or three. And yeah. when you don't have a game in four years, there's not much hope for you. And I, I, was, I was astonished when they made the deal, but I'm not now. Well, it tracks in that direction. I don't disagree with anything you've said there. I totally believe every, all of it, and uh, that's, uh, that sets them up nicely for next year. That's for sure. Well, it does. Yeah, if, if, yeah. If, and he, he just keeps he just keeps doing the same things. He's he's a good goalie. Yeah. Bill, thanks very much. We'll talk next week. Okay, Jim. Thanks for the call. Thanks. And from there, we go down the hall, and here is our conversation with Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. 
All right, Terry, if the Leafs had a checklist, did they check all the boxes at the trade deadline? Yes, they did. Uh, listen, um, there were a lot of uh, several options for the Leafs. I, I, I imagine there were, Jim, but, uh, you know, I was of the belief a few weeks ago, perhaps, that they, they might not have needed to get a goaltender, but I think I changed on that, especially when it came out that, you know, Anderson wasn't going to be available for a while. They go get a good depth goalie and insurance policy and David Riddick. Um, the defense, Ben Hutton, I think is a really good piece. I mean, you're wondering how it's going to fit in. He, he's, he's uh, you know, he averaged 18 and a half minutes with the Anaheim Ducks in 30 plus games this year. So he's not just a guy who, you know, potentially you could just put in every so often. If there's an injury, he'll step right in and probably uh, do good things for them. And then, you know, I don't know what you can what more you can say about Nick Foligno. I know some people wanted Taylor Hall. I don't think that, that would have been the right move for the Leafs. Um, I really like the Nick Foligno ac- ac- acquisition a lot. I think he's going to be great in the room. I think he's going to be good on the ice. Um, he's clearly pumped about it. And then, you know, the other guys they added as well, Riley Nash is going to be a good piece. I think good depth piece once he's uh, healthy. And, um, you know, it's uh, – Dubas went into it. He was active. Um, he saw what the team has. He saw what the team has been doing. Uh, you know, they're they're more or less running away with the first place now in the division. And uh, this is a clear message. We're all in. And uh, also re- a reward, if you want to put it that way, uh, to the team for the work that they've done and the coaching staff as well. But if there was a checklist, there's a big X in all those boxes now for sure. Yeah, I really like it because, I mean, it, there's a lot of depth to what they've done. And I don't just mean it in terms of depth to the roster, but in terms of the thinking process. Yeah. Uh, the Riddick thing, after watching him play last night, and I don't know, you know, the, the Freddie Anderson thing is, is a bit of a mystery, but but it's it's got a couple of layers to it. So there's, there's the physical ailment, um, and then there's the cap hit. And then mm-hmm. when you apply that moving forward, you could see what they could do without that cap hit next year. I mean, this, the Riddick thing, if they bring him back it, it, and uh, Campbell's already locked up for next year, I mean, this could be a win-win. I, I don't know exactly how it plays out, but there's there's some now and, and some future in this, isn't there? Yeah, there could be for sure. And, you know, it's just, uh, I, I just like it all the way around because not only do you look at Freddie Anderson now and say, okay, take as long as you need to get back from this thing. Uh, you can look at Jack Campbell and say you're not the pressure is not going to be all on your shoulders now either, and I think that's good. I mean, there's still there's still some work to be done with Campbell that way. But imagine the off the ice stuff and the mental things. I mean, even the other night, you know, saying to us after the game in Montreal, he was embarrassed by his performance. That's a bit much. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't think you can really go that far down being as hard on yourself as he has been. Having said that, he's been winning hockey games. So, point is though, with Riddick, you have a guy now. Um, that, uh, you know, you have a pretty good idea of what you're going to get every night. You know, as good as Michael Hodgson was playing for them, I don't think you could have said that in the full 100% confidence. And if it leads to something for next year, we'll have to see. I mean, if they really like him as much as, uh, you know, they, they would like to think they might, then that could be an option for them. Um, but for right now, uh, you know, barring injury to any of these guys, I think it's a really good setup for the Leafs. And really too, Jim, you know, Michael Hutchinson is a number four uh, team. A lot of teams would take that him in that position as well. So it, it's just good depth. And, and um, you know, I, I think it was last night too was, uh, was interesting to me that he wanted to get right in there right away and playing against yeah. his team. And, and he knew that it was going to be tough emotionally. He told us after that it was, and uh, 
I thought he was I thought he was did a good job. As Keith said after the game, none of the three goals could be you could fault your goalie on, and I would agree with him on that. I thought Whitaker was good last night. Well, when a guy shows up with his new mask already with Maple Leaf colors on it, I mean, do you ask him if he wants to play? I mean, it's kind of kind of obligatory that that he's all in. I mean, that that was well, without a doubt the best thing I've ever seen that way. Well, you know what? It kind of incredibly, I say, you have that. You have Nick Foligno tweeting a photo of himself. Looks like he's ready to hit the road, and he's, and he's got a Maple Leafs equipment bag, and he's wearing a Leafs cap. So I, I, I can imagine you can probably buy a cap somewhere in Columbus. Just joking here, but I mean to have that bag. <laughs> Right away, like that. Like, I, I want to know, you know, if I can get on the, uh, the the FedEx that the Leafs are using to get the stuff across the border, then then great, you know, because he had that stuff immediately, and it's just a great sign all the way around. But for Riddick too, I mean, yeah, just uh, and, and the emotions of it. I mean, he would have been, it would have been perfectly fine if if um, he had gone to Keith and said, "Look, I just flew across the country with my old teammates. We're playing them. It's going to be odd." You mind if I take another 24, 36 hours to get to to get to uh, know the guys? I mean, he ate a morning skate yesterday, more or less by himself, right? Yeah. I wasn't even around the team, wasn't even practicing or anything. So that didn't happen, and I think that that uh, you know players earn respect in different ways with new teammates, and and I think that that would have gone a long way last night in the room for him for sure. Well, look, the Hutch thing is, it's kind of harsh, but I mean, you have the sample size of, of his meltdown uh, in the game against the Rangers when just before they brought in Campbell, uh, you have the sample size of, of what didn't happen for the Avs last year. And I know it, it's mean to say that, but the only reason I bring it up is this team is not in a position to have to figure out if that's going to work again. There's, there's really no negotiation here. They have to push forward and make some hay in the playoffs. Otherwise, that's going to be a big problem. And, and he doesn't fit into that scenario, in my opinion. No, we only see him again if there's an injury to Campbell or uh, or Ritter. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, like I said. Is it was it the the worst case scenario if if you get to that? I don't think so because you'd like to think that you know not both of those two would be hurt at the same time. Um, but uh, it's when you have those two now, and and you know, and the Anderson thing too. I think we should touch on that. I, I'm a little, I guess, a little surprised, Jim, with what Duba said this week about you know expecting him to come back and be a factor for them at some point. I, I think one of the things we thought when if they were going to go into the weekend and get a goalie, um, it might have been a better indication that Freddie might not be coming back at all. But that's not the case here. So, you know, but as far as Hudson goes, yeah, you know what? He's a really good person, um, and he's he's got through some things. I think he did well for Colorado last year in a pinch, but. Uh, his fourth spot on the depth chart is solidified um, quite a bit now with the, with the addition. Well, and the other thing is, and it, it sounds mean too, but I mean, there's an expansion draft and you have to make a goalie available. So that's, that's part of the requirement. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons why he's here, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, signed the two-year contract in October, whenever it was last fall. And uh, for that express purpose or one of them, I mean, obviously, you know, if you have to use them, you have to use them, but uh that gives the Leafs that option. For well, let, let's go to the Hutton thing on the blue line. And I'm just going to throw this scenario out at you. At times, mm-hmm. uh, Travis Dermott, which which I never really understood, didn't get a lot of minutes. And I'm just wondering, in a, I'm going to call it a thick playoff series, if that isn't why they got Hutton. That's why. Yeah, I mean, we saw the we saw what happened last year against Columbus when Muzzin went in. Dermott, you know, they just didn't have that depth to come in and, and, and replicate uh, the things that Muzzin was doing. And, and, and listen, he's a difficult guy to replace. I mean, he does a lot of good things defensively and, you know, most physical Leafs defenseman 
by far. I mean, it's not really close. Um, but a guy like Hutton, you know, I'm curious, like I said, I'm curious to see how this works because it's not, yes, it's depth, but again, it's not just a guy who, uh, you know, was playing sparingly or anything. Like I said, in Anaheim, when you're at 18 and a half minutes, he's played in 375 NHL games. Um, you know, Jim, you talk about, uh, you know, if you ever had to go back to Hutchinson again, not being 100% of what you're getting. Well, now the safety net on the blue line is similar. You don't need to turn to a Martin Marincin or a Callie Rosen now uh, in, in case of an injury to any of those top six. You have a bona fide guy who's, you know, closing in on 400 NHL games and somebody we should add to that the Leafs had interest in. So it wasn't, this wasn't a snap decision. They've liked this guy for a while. You know, Dubas telling us the other night or the other day, sorry, that, uh, you know, they investigated signing Hutton in the summer of 2019. They had Barry, they had CC, and, uh, you know, Hutton ended up signing on West with the Kings uh, before he went to the Ducks. But um, I, I, I like it. I mean, like I said, they had to get somebody there. Um, you know, Jamie Alexiak and the Dallas probably would have been options for, for them too. Uh, but it's a legit guy that you can plug in. And, you know, the, the blue line is interesting to me. The, it's um, it's one area the Leafs haven't had to worry about. I mean, you've oh. lost, they've lost four man games to injury this year, two weeks for Dermot and Muzzin. And, and, and that's been it. Now what you can do though, um, as we saw, you know, in the last couple of games, the resting of Jason Smith's up front, is you're going to, you can do that now a bit uh, on the blue line as well. I think if you want, and uh, you know, Keith said last night that that, with the amount of hockey they're going to be playing in the next uh, four or five weeks, uh, that'll come into play. So I would assume what happens on the blue line as well, whether, you know, I think you could see, look at it and say, okay, well, we, we want to give Hutton a look with Bogosi and see how that looks on the um, third, third pairing. No one's going to argue with that. Uh, there will be the night or two or maybe Bogosian gets a, a, um, a rest possible, but he's, he's been, he's been solid for them. And, the, and the, there hasn't been really a fatigue issue, but they had to get that guy. Because from, I think you and I have talked about when you're looking at the top six and then you go to your next group with loose defense and there was a drop off there. Yeah. And, it, you know, there, there wouldn't have been had Rasmus Sandin been healthy this year. I think he would have had an opportunity to play. He's just played in the two games. He would have had that chance to, to show what he, he could do, show his worth. And and he might have uh, solidified uh, a bit more of a permanent role. But, um, you know, now you don't have to kind of rely on Marincin and, and, and look, look you know, peek through your fingers to make sure everything goes okay in the event of an injury. Hutton, Hutton uh, now having settled this, Hutton's never played in an NHL playoff game either, but he does have the experience in the regular season and, and it was required for these to get back. Yeah, I, I was just going to say with Sandin, all due respect to him, uh, the Leafs don't need any question marks here. And I, I don't think Hutton is much of one. So so let's yeah. go to the front. Uh, let's go up front. And, yeah. and it just appears to me that, and I've seen other teams with this, I don't know if it's an issue, but this look before, if they're totally healthy, they're awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. But but when you, even if you lose one and you have to move everybody around, mm-hmm. it, it can be effective in spots, but it's just not the same. Now, not everybody would say that, but the Leafs are so finely tuned. I think, I think that's a relevant point about them. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so to a degree. But, you know, you've also, you haven't had Nylander for four games now and they've what? I think they've won two and lost one in overtime. So, you know, they've managed to to move some people around that way. And I look at it this way, Jim. I agree with what you're saying to, to a degree, but it's just um, it's a good problem, I think, for Sheldon Keith to have to, now to figure out where these pieces go. And <clears throat> the options are the options are there if there are going to be injuries. And I think we can assume that there will be. I yep. mean, the, the chances they get through between now and uh, – 
you know, May 12th as with a, with a fully uh, healthy roster up front, I would imagine are pretty small. So, you know, it, it's on Keith to figure it out. As I've said to you in the past, I think, you, you know, leave Zach Hyman with, with Matthews and Marner when everything is settled. Uh, is Nick Foligno going to get a look on the left wing with Tavares and Nylander? That's quite possible. You know that Galchenyuk works there. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a bonus for them. But, yeah, you know what? Um, I, I, I can see fr- from afar that, yeah, you know, we, we don't know what's coming uh, as far as the lines go and how they're going to end up settling and everything. But I, I think these are all good uh, good problems, if you will, for Keith to have to figure out where these people are going to go. And a guy like a guy like, um, a guy like Foligno, I think, will just fit right in. You know, is he that, that offensive player that, that you know, uh, others on the team are? Well, of course not. Not many are. But, um, you know, I, I, I just like this, like that, that, that fit a lot. And uh, it's going to be a while before we see it, of course, with quarantine and everything. But, um, you know, I would imagine that, uh, you know, Kyle Dubas has full confidence in Sheldon Keefe to get this figured out. And uh, they have a lot of good players to choose from. Yeah, I agree. I just think that with the full lineup that they uh, it forces the other team to be very careful about who they're how they're defending because any one of those guys can score and if you take one or two of them out less to worry about and it, uh, actually with a full lineup you don't care who scores it it takes care of itself and you, you yeah. can really control things they kind of remind me of the great detroit teams uh, in the past where they had so many guys up front that it didn't somebody was going to kill you it just it just didn't matter who and, and that's how I look at the Leafs. Well, look at a guy like Spets has brought on the fourth line. It's kind of ridiculous the point production he's had. Yeah. Season, you know, in, in limited minutes. And, and yeah, I understand that the level of the uh, competition he's seeing the, in the opposition might not be super. But uh, the fact of the matter is when he's on the ice, a lot of good things are happening. And it's not exactly – it's not like the other team is filling the net with pucks either when, when, that's, when he's on the ice. So – the options are there. And maybe, Jim, you know what? Maybe some rest does guy like Joe Thornton well here down down the stretch because I think we've seen that this is catching up to him a bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you want – having said that, you still want him to be a useful piece for you in the playoffs because I think there are going to be injuries. And, you know, if he's not one of them, then you, you he's going to get in there and, and you think be an impact. But, you know, I'm of the mind that if somehow the Leafs get to game one – with a fully healthy lineup, I don't see Joel Thornton being part of it. Uh, I could be wrong, uh, but we'll have to see how that goes. But uh, there is a lot of good depth there. You're not um, you're not throwing guys in that you're 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 necess- you're unsure of. You know, we see Scott Saber make his debut last night. I don't think that'll last overly long. Curious to see what happens with Nick Robertson here in, in the in the in the next few games. Whether he's allowed to uh, kind of turn this opportunity into something longer, um, perhaps not. But again, the Nylander issue too. I mean, Keith saying to us last night, they're not sure how that happened, what how that proceeds now. Uh, but obviously, when he's when he's ready to when he's back on the roster, he's going to need some time, I think, to get back into sync. So a couple practices before he plays in a game or two, but. Um, the, uh, Sheldon, or sorry, Kyle Dubas did a good job at getting them a lot of depth uh, last summer. Uh, those players, have, as we've discussed, have been effective for them for the most part. And uh, it's great to have that competition now. Like the one thing Keith said, I think it was since we last spoke, about Galchenyuk is, you see, has set the standard for those people who are coming in. Yeah. And this is what you have to do work ethic-wise to, to earn and keep a spot in the lineup. And I think that's that's a really good thing for Keith to have on his hands. 
Uh, just end on, on this thought. I, I mentioned this earlier. Uh, you know, the way the Leafs have uh, added the depth last summer and and added the depth uh, now, it's almost like they're def- they are the defending champs because this is what a defending championship team does to keep the keep the run going. And and, and here the Leafs are. They haven't got out of the first round ever, and and now they they have to bulk up because that's really what's at stake here, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, and, and could you imagine if they're in a situation like Tampa, who are the defending champs, and you have a guy like Kucherov coming back, and they've done all the things they've done, they've been able to do. Um, but you're right. It's, uh, you know, like Dubas has said us in the past, you, you kind of want these things to go in steps where, okay, maybe you, you lose the first round, you get deeper in the playoffs, and you finally win, end up winning the Stanley Cup. And it doesn't always work that way. Are we? Am I suggesting that the Leafs now are – are primed for a most definite, yes, they're going to do it, win the Stanley Cup run here in May and June? No, but I think Dubas has given them um, a real opportunity to do that, certainly to get out of the North Division. If you and I are talking sometime at the end of the May and the Leafs have been eliminated in round one or two, I'll be quite surprised by that because I just don't foresee that. I know the playoffs are a different beast and all that sort of thing, but uh, the Leafs for the most part have played a really good two-way 60-minute game for much of the season and um we've seen what's happened you know we're seven points up on winnipeg right now for the lead in the north division so uh kyle dubas is, he he started giving them the pieces last summer like we say and uh the ones he's added over the past week uh just enhanced that even more well and he's done a nice job i mean there wasn't one misstep on, on the ads in terms of players they they all worked yeah, I mean, even even you know, you look at uh, you know they lose Travis, they lose Travis Boyd and Jimmy Vesey for financial reasons. They liked some of the things Vesey was doing when Vancouver claimed him, and they didn't want to lose Travis Boyd. I mean, we should say that too. I mean, if he doesn't, if those players somehow are still kept, does he have to do as much this past weekend? Probably not. I'd like to still think he would have got Nick Foligno. Um, but uh, you know, it's interesting how these things all work, Jim. You know, Riley Nash sprained his knee last week. If he's healthy, the Leafs. They probably don't go out and acquire him because they can't put him on LTIR. So then yeah. who does that player become? And, you know, all these sorts of things. So a lot of a lot of things have fallen into place. But uh, the fact is, uh, you know, like we say, the additions Dubas made helped get the team to where they – to a point where he was confident that a few more tinkerings could get them over the hump. So we'll have to see now. But, you know, I think it was perfect said last night, management's done. It's on us. But they're, they're a confident group that can get it done. Yep. Thanks very much, Terry. Thanks, Jim. Last minute of play in this podcast. And there is the obligatory time warning from Mike Ross, the PA announcer for Leafs Guy and, of course, Scotiabank Arena. Time now for the Yes Guy, No Guy Awards. Yes Guy, No Guy number one. The trade deadline added six, lost one, and sent out six draft picks. This is a Yes Guy. Are you kidding me? Riddick, who played really good in his debut for the Leafs, a solid goaltender, and he's number three on the list. That is stunning. Felino, what an ad that is. Riley Nash, when he's healthy, great ad. Hutton on the blue line, great ad. And then we have uh, Somella and Nason as the, uh, the sort of the spare parts at the trade deadline. Don't know exactly where they fit in. And quite frankly, I hope they don't fit in because that would mean that others have failed or there's an injury list that you wouldn't really be happy with. So all things considered, and this is, this is the time, really, when you're sitting where the Leafs are to move out draft picks. They don't really need them over the next two years. They've got enough in the pipeline, and now is the time to roll the dice, and I think they did. Yes, guy, no guy, award number two. Oh, did I say it for the trade deadline? Yes, guy. 
This Guy, No Guy Award number two, David Riddick, in his opening game with the new mask. Are you kidding me? How many times do you see a guy acquired that's a goalie and it takes him three weeks to get the team colors? He showed up with a Maple Leaf mask, an emphatic yes guy. Well, I have to do this. I hate to do this, but I have to do it. You know where I'm going, the power play. Oh, what the? Oh, my. That power play is in slow motion. An emphatic no guy. Fix it now guy. Oh, my goodness guy. Hope you enjoyed episode 27. Hope you come back and join us for episode 28 on Friday.